In this moment, we do become come before God uh, and His Word. Usually, we'd have the Bible reading at this moment, and you're like, oh, we're not doing the Bible reading yet. We will do the Bible reading. Uh, tonight's sermon is going to be a little bit different. The Bible reading will be read by Claire in and uh, throughout it. Uh, but as the people of God, um, as you know, we're going through Malachi. But if, even though it's written to a group of people thousands of years ago, it very much resonates with our time and our place. Primarily because God's Word is living and active, sharp on the two-edged sword, and uh, is always at work. But it particularly uh, meets us where we're at because it digs into some of the clear aspects of the human soul. And so our, our walk, what it means to walk with Jesus as our King. The people in Malachi's day, as you would have been uh, familiar with, have, have turned from God. In some way, shape, or form, they, they come a bit half-hearted or a bit apathetic or whatever it may, way it may be. But as we come into this part of God's Word, into this passage, we're looking at Malachi chapter 3. We're seeing the ways in which our relationship with God uh, is challenged. We're seeing the ways in which our relationship with God is, or the heart, sorry, but the heart behind our relationship with God uh, is revealed. Because as Malachi, as God speaks through Malachi to these people, their heart just is thrown open in display. They may say something with their lips, but their actions speak uh, to their heart. Now, the way we're going to do that exploration tonight, though, is a little bit different. Uh, usually, we come before God's Word and I preach and we engage with it in that way. This passage is one section, but it's broken into three scenes. And so, Claire is going to come up and read the passage. Then Jackson and I are going to do a little skit over there. Then I'm going to come up here and give like a partial commentary and application of uh, what we just went through and what's going on in the passage. We're not acting out the passage. We're seeking to just draw out some of the key themes that go on in the passage. Jackson and I are in no way professional actors. You can laugh at us. That's okay. Thank you, Joel. You're a champion. But my hope is, my hope is, and my, our prayers we come before God's word, is that we're shaped to be more into the likeness of Jesus and allow the Spirit of God to press into the summer things that this passage draws out. Some of the ways we might find ourselves in dispute with God. Some of the ways that our heart might not be aligned with Him. And what it means to turn from someone who is perhaps in some form of dispute with God to someone who is devoted with Him because He is devoted to us. That's our plan. I'm going to pray and then Claire is going to come up and read. Our good and our gracious God, we thank you so much for your word. And I pray tonight, we pray tonight, that as we look at it the same as we always do, but in a slightly different way, that you get all the glory. Spirit, please be at work through the things that I say, through the things that we hear. Father, form us more into likeness of Jesus as a result of gathering around you and your word together tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, and it can be found on page 779 of the Bibles in front of you. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and in offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, 
that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Morty! Hey, Jim, how you going there? Is this our regular table? It looks a bit different than last time. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I think I remember it being a bit more green. Yeah, it was a bit more green, yeah. Must be a bit different. I think they renovated the bistro here. It is looking better. It does look a little bit fancy. Too fancy for my life. Yeah, a bit much for us. Yeah, That's exactly. right. It's good to see you, Jim. We're yeah, a bit old school. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? You've been all right? Yeah, not bad, not bad. The usual, you know. Mary's okay. Mary's good. Yeah, yes, Betty's all right? Betty, yeah, but... Be- be- oh, my wife Betty. Yeah, yes. man, Betty's great. Yeah, yeah. Betty's good. Yeah, Betty's yeah. Good. she's good. But how, good. how you look like you've got a sore hand there, mate. Oh, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's you were hanging out with the grandkids again, weren't no, you, mate? No, no, no. But. No, no. Billy. No, 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 no. That was. Bronte. No, no, no. Brandon. Brandon. Oh, Brandon. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. It wasn't Brandon. Don't worry. Not Brandon. No, no. What happened to your hand then, Jim? Well, let me. I'll explain the story, okay? So the other day I'm at home, as I usually am, just, you know, doing my crossword, and I noticed there's a puddle on the floor. And I just thought to myself, that wasn't you, was it? No, it was clear. It wasn't yellow. Oh, Don't worry. But I walk over to it, check it. It was like, this is unusual. It is unusual. Notice that it's coming from the tap, and I thought I'll get a couple of towels out, put it down and see what's going on. So you just turned off the tap? No, I didn't have to turn off the tap. It was leaking. The tap was leaking? Yeah. And anyway, this puddle was pretty large. Mary nearly slipped over, mind you. Mary? Lucky I got to it in time. I know. Lucky I got to it in time. You you do love her a lot, Jim. I called the plumber. The guy tells me. $384 $384 minimum call-out charge. My days. I said he was dreaming. There's he must no, be dreaming. There is no way I would be paying that much money for him to come out and do a job that I could do myself. So you had to go at the plumbing yourself, Jim? Easy. Is that how you hurt your hand? Well, yes, but, it, you know, a couple of towels out, you know. But, it, Jim, you're not a plumber. Yeah, but it was an easy... I could have... Fi- come on, mate. I could figure that stuff out, you know. I just asked the grandkids to help me... Use oh, that, right, 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 right. that, that you, view, you, YouTube, YouTube thing and just work it out myself. And I've right. done a pretty good job. It's not leaking as bad as it was. Right, you use the towels. Yes. Not the good ones. No, the old ones. You know, oh, that's good. Mary would have killed me. But you're, you're telling me, Jim, that, that you didn't get a plumber. No. Do you, do you need the money, Jim? I can't no, 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 no. Well, yeah, we have that, you know, we put away money each week. It's all good. But I just decided that the 300 odd dollars was not going to be worth it. Because, you know, we've got the club game, the bowls game the next bowls. week. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. club meet next week is, is so important, the championship. I knew I had to buy a new set of bowls. But your bowls are fine, mate. No, 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 no. I needed the new set, and that was worth a good quid. So I thought, Wait. well, I'll, I'll put my money there, and I'll, get the, I'll, do, I'll deal with the tap later. Jim, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, mate, but you're telling me that you've bought the bowls instead of fixing the tap. For your wife, you broke your hand, it's... I don't think your priorities are right here, it's, Jim. It, you're the one to talk to me about priorities, Morty. Mate, I, I mean, got my money straight, thank you very much. No, not about money, time management. Time you're, management? Yep. And don't, my don't, wife manages my time. Yeah, but she... Yeah. She's the social secretary in my home. I, I, I realise that, but she didn't tell me. Yes. I saw you down the road at the rival bowling club. Oh, the Lions? Right? Yes. No, no, no. I no. saw you down there, oh, and no. you were running a coaching clinic for their young men and women on... Proper bowls technique. They needed some help, Jim. I mean, what about our club? 
yeah, the I've, club, mate. It's I've, all here. I've still committed to the to the Cadence Cricket Club that does bowls. <laughs> They've got a lot going on there at Cadence. That's our club. I know it's our. I'm committed to Cadence. The one, mate. the one that you committed to from the start, and in the time. The time effort that you were meant to put into our young folk, oh, know, and you're I... down there, and I know it's all because they're giving you free pub squash. Oh, it is good pub squash. But no, Jim, they, they, they just listen a bit more, mate. The ladies and the gents, they know what side to put the bowls on, they curl it the right way. Our people don't listen. It doesn't matter if they're listening or not. You committed to us. It's not just one coaching clinic. You need to be running consistently on a Tuesday oh, every time here. I'll tell you every what, time. I'll, I'll, I won't do that anymore if you go get a plumber. No, well, I'm not getting a plumber. There's absolutely no Your way I'm getting Your priorities are out. Your priorities are out, okay? And I, it's, I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about time. Well, mate, I think we're getting a little bit hot under the collar here. We need, we need to, we're getting a bit hangry. I think you're right. We should avoid it. Where, where's the service around here? I, you know what? What? The new renovation since COVID. Oh, You've got yeah. to go up to the counter to order. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. How well, about you, I'll go order? Yeah, you, you go that. to the gents because you got too excited. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Probably something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. You, you go do that mashed peas with a lot of gravy. Extra gravy. I yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Jim. I'll, I'll see you later. Thanks, mate. We, we do enjoy the old Jim and Morty. But I, I don't know what you got out of that skit. But what Jim and Morty were illustrating for us is that there is priorities that we should have in life, but our heart and our actions reveal something else. That's what was going on in those characters there. Jim, he didn't want to spend the money on the tap to get fixed, even though that was loving to his wife and his family, but he's gone about the bowls. My character, Morty, was far more concerned uh, with spending his time somewhere else rather than the commitment that he's made to the original club. And friends, in our walk with God, as we engage with him, we can do similar things. That we withhold something that is rightfully God's or shows our allegiance to God, but we withhold it. Whether it is our money, our treasures, in our time or in our talents. And that is certainly the case of what was going on in the Israelites here. Uh, that was very much uh, their story too, withholding in particular uh, their money and their offerings. So if you have a look at the passage, uh, this is the one that, that Claire read. And if you just begin at verse 7, this is the central verse that we've been pulling out each time. But God is saying, return to me. Like, have a turnabout face, come back, repent, uh, return to me. And the people ask, okay, well, how will we return to you? God replies, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you have robbed me. And they ask, well, how are we robbing you? And so there's this big theme of robbing. Uh, God through Malachi says it four times. And it's quite genius uh, because the people are thinking, man, we would never rob God, as if we'd go into the temple and steal from God. But then God says through Malachi verses 9 and, and particularly 10, Bring in the whole tire to the storehouse. You are robbing me because you're not giving your tithe. You're not giving your offering to me. Now, the tithe in those days is an Old Testament law talking about giving the first 10% of their produce and what they earned, what they had. The first 10% uh, was to be given to the Lord. But then you ask, well, how is not giving robbing? Why would God say you've been robbing from me uh, because of their lack of giving. And there's two really primary reasons for this. The first reason is 
it belongs to God first. It belongs to God in the first place. Now, the natural belief that they had, and that really you and I have, I certainly have it, is that when we go to work and we do our things and we earn money, we think that it's ours. And that we earn it, we're owed it, it's ours. But actually, our money, in a sense, is on a temporary loan from God. Every good thing, everything we have is from Him. So not giving to God is not giving what is rightfully owed to Him and is His in the first place. Like I have kids, as you know, and say I give them some apricot bites. They're the best apricot bites. And when I give it to them, I'll say, uh, oh, can you give me one back? And they think they're so generous when they give me one back. But really, all those apricot bites belong to me. They do. (laughs) But I've given it to them, and they 100% think they own it. And so when they give to me, they feel like they're being generous, but really it is all mine. It's all owed to me. And we can do that with our money as well. But the second, uh, with, with God. But the second reason is, uh, giving to God shows that where we spend our money is a direct reflection of our heart. Where we give, where we spend our money direct, is a direct, uh, has a direct relationship to our priorities in life. So to not give to God in these circumstances in the Israelites, they're they're saying, okay, God is not our number one. God is not our priority. He's not our God. Something else is more important to them. They hold back. Whenever you hold back, you always give it to someone else. Give it to something, whether it's yourself in savings or in buying something uh, different. They're not devoted to the Lord, so they withhold. They spend it elsewhere. One commentator, he put it in really stark words. He said this, You can always determine a person's heart by evaluating their bank statements. Man, that hits me. You might not talk about your money, but our money talks about us. It reveals our heart. And Jesus says something really similar in Matthew 6.21, where he says, where your treasure is, your heart will also be. And so that's what's going on here with you're robbing me, you're withholding me. God is saying, I can clearly see by the way that you spend your money that I'm not your number one. Now, to make a real just brief comment on the next part here, and I had a long section, but I cut it. Um, this would go in like a, if we're doing a whole talk on giving to God. But I do want to make one point on verses 10, 11, and 12. Because this passage, if you have a look at it, and as Claire read it, has great potential to be misinterpreted. And so I'll just say this as clear as I can. God promises that when you give to him, we are blessed but he never promises that that blessing will be financial. The Bible does promise that when you sow into the kingdom, when Jesus is your Lord, when you sow into the work um, of the kingdom here on earth, that there is a blessing that results, but he never promises that that reward will be financial in return. Now, to come back to what we were saying before about robbing from God, what about for us? How is it that we might be robbing from God? I said before, it's in our treasures. It could be in our time and our talents. In our treasures, like with our money. I'm just saying this because I'm a pastor. This is, this is God's word. When we give, we give to the Lord. We give to his local church. First, uh, as our offering to him, as an act of worship. And that's here. That's whether you go down to another church. If you're in a house church, you're in a mega church, whatever it may be. God's people, we give to God and in a sense, we give to one another uh, by giving to him in the offering. 
But we're also called to be generous to the people, anyone that comes into our life, hospitable, generous in the way that we serve and give others. We partner with gospel workers around the world. And it's never about the amount. It's about the heart behind it. It's about whatever we have being sacrificial. And so that God gets the glory and that his church uh, can grow. But we can also rob God with our time. And we all know we're, we're invited, beautifully invited to be part of God's mission to this world. And so maybe we hold back in our time in serving God or using it for, for something that's related to him to do something else. How we use our time matters. Whether it is in the formal things like in ministry or gathering of God's people, whether it is in preparation, whether it is in not spending personal time with him, whether it is not gathering with our home groups, whatever it may be, these simple but significant things, does he get our time or do we withhold it from him? And then with our talents. We've been so graciously gifted with so many talents. None is better than another, they're just different. So how can we use our talents and our experiences to bring glory to God, to be about the work of his kingdom in the world, bring glory to him and not ourselves? Friends, it's a good, it's a beautiful thing when we love God with our time, our treasure, and our talents. And it's not just ticking off a list. And sometimes it's so painful. Sometimes there's a real, often, a real genuine cost that comes uh, with giving things, things to the Lord. But it, it brings an incredible amount of joy too. And you would have experienced that. Experience some of the joy that comes when you serve God with these things. When we know we're part of God's redeeming work in this world. And we see this strange reality that when we give to God, we are blessed in return. So this passage is calling us to move from withholding to worshipping God. To worshipping God with all we have. And so to obey this passage, God says, return to me and I'll return to you. How? Stop robbing me. Stop not giving. How do we return to the Lord? We give. It seems like a strange counterintuitive thing. How do I grow my giving? You give. You see the mission that God is on. You see that he is your Lord, your Savior. You put your, your money and your time and your talents where your priorities are. And as that happens, we're formed more into the likeness of Jesus. The old self uh, is removed. The new self is here. And so as we continue on to the next section, some ways that we withhold reveal something about our heart. Maybe it's distraction. Maybe it's attraction to something else. But we're called to give to God because he first gives to us. But perhaps there's another reason too. Thanks, Claire. Our second Bible reading comes from Malachi three thirteen to 15. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said, it is futile to serve God. What do we get, gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly, evildoers prosper and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Mate, 
Baz, how are you? Big day today, Wayne. I'll tell you what, mate. Yeah, it has been a big one. I won't put that up there. I've been looking forward to smoke all morning. Smoke is a good time. What are you working with here? Come on, the standard. Coke Love chips, a standard. Coke and chips every day. Woo! Hot out there. How's, how's that concrete pour going? Yeah, not too bad. Getting it done? Mm, um, yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> I, mean, I missed you at the pre-start. Were you, you around? Uh, no, I, I got in late. But, you got uh, in late. I was up okay. late last night. I was smashing out those meeting minutes. I, would do, I, would, I, I should have had them done last week. I thought you said week. you did them last week. Yeah, look, I, one thing led to another. I was getting smashed over here, just missed him, so... I, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. are, you, are you doing okay, mate? I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. We're, like, I'm sorting it out. I'm still, you know, we're still hitting it. The pour's happening. Pour's yeah. happening. Rain, how was shine, mate? Don't worry. All right. Is it the safety stuff still happening, mate? I, that guy didn't have a hard hat before. Always. No, mate. No, don't worry. Okay. It's all good. I had it sorted. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Baz, you know, I, you know I love you, mate, but I'm, I hear this the right way, but I, I don't know if you've been the same the last, like, six months or so. Are you, are you, what's happening? What's going oh. on? Yeah, look, I don't, wait a minute, look, things have been going well, like, you know, like, I know that you understand what's going on for me, like, but, like, the last no, month, probably, you know Joel? You know, like, the guy I went to TAFE with, I talk about him every oh, day. Oh, Joel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, look, he just got a new gig at TG Constructions down the road, you know. Oh, the one, you two know, good constructions. Yeah, yeah, go on. Everyone says that, you know it's not their name, but, like, Joel's at TG, are. he's been telling me non-stop, and he's just been, like, hammering me every week. He's like, mate, come across. It's a better gig over here. They've got all this cool stuff going on over there, right? Like, get this. Their boss, they just bought the whole, the whole crew, brand new. The whole, a new yeah. fleet, new utes, top of the line, not even poverty all pack. The, all the bells like, and whistles. Proper, yep. proper utes. And then they've all got new phones, new touch screen. It's, just, it's, it's next level. I'm telling you now. Like, okay, they got yeah, everything yeah. going I, on. Yeah, it's good. It looks good over there. I yeah. get it. I get it. I get it. Well, what's that got to do with you, mate? What's that got to do with the work going on here? It's, 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 not, it's not what we're doing here. There's nothing like, like you, you've been a great senior PM for so long, and I've loved working with you. It's not even like that. It's more like just what they're doing, it just seems like that could be more me. It could, like, what they're doing, like, the projects they're working on, the stuff that they got. You should see their offices, mate. Like, it's like, it's like they're... Probably like a hotel or something, yeah? Exactly. Smells nice. Everything's beautiful. Touchscreen. Free, free vending machine. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. everything is better over there. Know, and it's like, I, I, it's not this. It's not what we're doing. It's not you. It's not Dave. It's like... I hear what you're saying. I hear. I hear. Yeah, yeah. But remember, like, their kind of work, like, what are they doing? They're just cliff whiz-bang stuff. It's... It, so, look, you haven't seen... Joel's Instagram, but like, seriously, mate, like they're standing at the top of cliff sides, overlooking beaches, building multi-million dollar houses. Remember where you started this job, mate. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's, I've learned. I remember the boss. I know, I know. You know the boss, he came to see you last week. He came to see all of us. He's always around. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. You you ducked off. Yeah, well, now it makes sense. I know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready to talk to Dave about it yet. I just, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk to him. You're telling me that you're, you're not engaged in the work here. Because you want to be over there. Well, maybe. I think so. I'm just not sure. Like, I'm, I'm working it out. I think what they're offering me is probably good, and I should probably take it. And I just don't know if I want to talk to Dave. I think you should talk to Dave. <sighs> you, you know that he, you know he's a good boss. You know he's around. He actually cares for his employees. We're doing valuable projects here. And I hear you. I hear that it looks attractive. But you know I've been there, mate. I've come from that to this. And that's just bells and whistles. They give you the car because they want you to travel further. They give you the phone because they want you to work late hours. Yeah, I know. They give you the big speech, but then they actually don't care. I just, I think I need to go and try it. It, it looks really good. And I've got an interview next week. 
mate, oh, mate, mate. I've got a teams to go to. Look, I hear what you're saying. Let's continue this next smoke, oh? Yep. But don't make any rash decisions yet, all right? Well, I'll catch up with you. Good luck okay. with your teams meeting, mate. Okay, okay. We can feel similar to that in our workplaces at times, but that is also very much how we can relate to our relationship with God and what it looks like for us uh, to live in this kingdom, the kingdom of God, yet amongst the things of this world. The things of this world can look attractive and it makes looking like serving God seem unattractive, like it's not worth it. And that's what is very much going on in this passage here. Uh, when it was read before, when Claire uh, read it for us, uh, it said that God confronts them and said, you've spoken arrogantly against me. And how have they done that? Uh, when you continue on, verses halfway through verse 13 uh, and 14, it is futile to serve the Lord. What do we gain about carrying out your requirements, about going on mourning? Basically, what do we gain from serving you, God? What do we gain from repenting? That's what it's talking about with the morning, when we put on our sackcloth and ashes and you call us to repent. It's of no value. They're saying we don't feel like it's worth it, God, anymore. And then you see the reason why, as we continue on into verse 15, it says, certainly the evildoers prosper. Even when they put the God to the test, they get away with it. They're looking at the people of the other um, nations, of the other religions, of people of the world, and going, they've got it better. That's going well for them. The evildoers over there, the people that are not following God, their lifestyle is so much more. God, why bother serving you? It's not worth it. And friends, even for us as Christians, even when you've been walking the walk of faith for a while, we can easily fall into similar traps. Think about for yourself, perhaps what are the things and the ways that God seems not worth it? When you hear something about the Word or the Spirit puts something on your heart that is coming from the Word, you're like, oh, I don't know. Sometimes uh, the nature of following God can be really challenged because there are significant struggles in life, and that is certainly true. There can be real tragedies and there can be uh, things that really make us question and doubt our relationship with God. It can be cancer or loneliness or relationship breakdown. And those, those things do challenge us. They make us wonder, well, is serving God actually worth it? That can certainly be true. What this passage to is pointing to, though, is that the world seems better. The things of the world are more attractive, and so I want to go there, and in light of that, God doesn't seem worth it. And it's easier in the short term. And sin is attractive, we know that. We wouldn't do it unless it was. And we can feel like so many different ways that doing what is of the world is better. Whether it is, man, they, how much time do non-Christians have? They don't go to church, they don't go to home group, they're not giving, they're not um, sacrificing in hospitality. They can just hate people, they don't have to forgive. And it can seem easier in those kind of ways. And on the surface, it seems liberating. I was flicking through my Instagram feed this week and I saw uh, this person and the quote was along the lines of, Sunday mornings after leaving a destructive church. And it was her walking along the beach with a coffee in hand, walking her dog, saying, look how good life is when, you don't, when you're not part of the church. And I look at that and I go, oh, you know, 
maybe I'd enjoy walking along the beach. It's so easy. It's so easy to be attracted away from God to the things uh, of the world and thinking that walking away from him is better. And why do we do those things? Yeah, it's attractive. But what kind of gets to the core of that and what God is saying here to Malachi, to the people through Malachi, is thinking that God's not good enough. Arrogantly, Arrogantly speaking, saying, God, your way sucks. Meaning they don't fully trust him. They don't fully believe that God is good. For us, when we don't fully believe the gospel... And I'm saying that we're not Christians, that we're not saved. It's just that we're still learning. We're learning what it looks like to put on the new self. We're learning what it looks like to walk in the way of Christ. And as that happens, the things of the world still can be attractive to us. We need the Spirit to continually transform us so that the gospel, the way of Jesus, and the goodness of God we see pervade through all of life. And so at times, well, always, it takes time to grow in our relationship with God and see every aspect through his eyes, to put on his glasses and see the world as he does. So how can we return to God? That's what this is talking about. How can we return to God if you're saying in that space where the world looks better? Don't look at yourself first. Look to Jesus first. Look to Jesus as the one who stood in our place. Look to Jesus as the one who was actually fully faithful Look to Jesus who was the one who served God wholeheartedly, even in spite of evil suffering, evil prospering. He suffered so much to the point of death, evil conquered him, it seemed. Yet he willingly went to do that for the glory of God and the good of us. Jesus, the one who came, he lived, he died, he rose again in victory. For the withholders, for the arrogant, for the ones who have walked away, calling us back to himself, So to return to the Lord, don't look at yourself first. Look at Jesus first. And then a bit more specifically after that, after we've repented, we've had faith in him, we're walking his way. Be bold enough like to move from this place of arrogance to trust in the Lord. Name the things that are attractive to you. Look at them, name them, say them to your friends, say them in your home group, say them out to God in prayer. Be specific Repent of those things, but then don't focus on them. Don't focus just looking on the things of the world, um, but focus on the positive. Maybe an illustration that can help is, you know, skiers, when they're skiing down a mountain. When a skier wants to ski down the mountain, uh, they don't say, don't hit the trees. They're saying to themselves, follow the path. Follow the path, follow the path. Because if they were saying, don't hit the trees, don't hit the trees, their mind is just focused on the trees. But it said, follow the path, follow the path. And in our walks with God, it is similar. Don't only tell yourself, don't do this, don't do that, don't sin, don't gossip, don't get drunk, don't look at porn, don't be not generous, whatever it may be. Yes, identify those things. But then look to what the Spirit is calling us to be. To goodness, to faithfulness, to gentleness, to self-control, to the fruits of the Spirit. In that skiing example, the skier wants to enjoy the ride, wants to get to the end destination. And so they see what's going to stop me enjoying, what's going to stop me getting to the end, hitting the trees. Okay, I don't want to hit the trees. What do I do? I follow the path. In our walk with Jesus, we want to live for his glory. We want to be part of the story 
that he's unraveling in this world that he invites us to be on, living for him. And so what's going to stop us from that? Some of those attractions the things that attract us away from him. Identify them, but then follow in the way of God. I like this quote from A.W. Tozer. He says, If we look at the world, I will conform to the ways of the world. But if I look at the word, I will conform to the will of God. In the end of this little section here, uh, after verse 15, we don't actually see a specific action that God calls them to take. But then we get to the next scene. And in the next scene, we see a picture of what it looks like to be faithful. Thanks, Claire. Our final Bible reading comes from Malachi three sixteen to 18. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord God Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, and those who serve God and those who do not. There's a lot of feedback here. It's good to see you, mate. Thanks for taking some time out of your lunch break for me, mate. No, it's okay, it's okay. It's good. We should do this more often over the lunch. We yeah. have our, our monthly thing, but... Um... Yeah. It's good to see you. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks for making time. I'm squeezing in. Sorry, everyone. It's, it's a loud cafe here. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, you, you said that you, you wanted to catch about something in, in particular, mate? Yeah, what, look, I, I messaged you through the week because they're just like, I mean, you know where we've been, my journey, like, I suppose, yeah. like... Been pretty positive, right? Yeah, like, I mean, 12 months ago, right? You remember, like, some of the stuff that we were going through, we were praying through. It was like... You know, things were going really well. Like, church was really good. Like, my personal devotions were going really well. Like, even, like, everything. Ministry, yeah. the community, like, the culture was just so good. There was good. a lot of people as well. Was, exactly right. Like, good. we were all coming together. We all yeah. had this one vision. But, like, just over time, like, over this, like, last 12 months, it's just been, like, one thing after another. And, like, a few of the key people were, like, leaving and they just went to a different church. But then it changed the culture a little bit. And then, you know, some other people then just started falling away. And we had, like, one or two That's real hard. key people, like fall away and even just this week like I mean this you know like there's still a few of us there like ministry's going on we like the core group is still meeting together and things are going well but like this week like two of my mates is out of the blue one week it was like yep made the call I'm not following Jesus anymore and I don't I don't want to I don't want I don't want you to try and convince me out of it all this stuff it was just like I, and this I has been know. going on for a little while yeah like it just I'm, yeah, it has yeah, that's yeah. That is, it's challenging, man, when those things happen. Yeah. How's it going for you, though? How's your... Oh, totally fine. Like, yeah. to be honest, probably, I feel like I'm in the best season of my life. Like, I'm... Really? I'm, yeah, like, even though I'm, like, contending for my faith, right. I still feel like I'm motivated to read, and I'm praying regularly, and the core group that is still there, we're doing really, really well. It's just, it's just I feel like I'm, it's, I'm straining because of what's been going on over time, and right. just... It's, you know, we're being faithful as a core group, and I'm, I'm feeling like that. 
bringing it to God, it's just I'm, I'm wrestling with it. I'm really yeah, wrestling it, with it's it. It's hard, man. I, I hear. Like when, yeah. when people walk away and when you feel like you're a bit alone in that regard, mm. it's um, like good on you, mate. Keeping, keeping going. Yeah. Being faithful is it's day in, day out. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any like, thing super specific for you, mate. But just yeah. you're being faithful. Keep going. No, thanks, mate. Yeah. And like taking it back to the word, right? Like I was just... Like, I've been reading, you know, like, and God has been showing me some great stuff, and it's just, it's been really helpful. So, like, yeah, yeah. that's been really good, and I don't know, yeah, I don't yeah. know, it's been good for you, but... It reminds me, actually, I was, I was reading Psalm 119 recently, mm. and um, I guess it relates to you in some way, I should flick it open, pretty big, but it, it's, I'm not a scholar in any way, but it's a guy who's basically saying, I'm going to love the Lord no matter what, yeah. and through the trials and the tribulations, I'm just going to follow God's word follow his commands, whatever it may come, God's commands are good. And so, Matt, I think amongst it all, perhaps this is a similar season to you. Doesn't yeah. It's, you know, faithfully contending and stepping, keep stepping. Yeah, you're right. But keep going, mate. That's... No, thanks. I think that's right. Like, a, being faithful, it's like that's what I'm hearing from God, you know, like keep being faithful. And so that totally relates that's a grind. to what we're going through. Yeah. Despite the circumstances. For sure, for sure. But yeah. anyway, that's like... That's enough about me. You've got a short lunch break. Like, what's going on with you? Yeah, look, I guess I'm in slightly different. Do you remember, um, you remember Mike? Yeah, the one that, like, we've been praying for for a little while. Yeah, the one like, that's, like... Yeah, like, for 10 years. Yeah, that, like, has been hammering you about being a Christian. Yeah, he's, like, been the most overt. Yeah, and smashing yeah. you online, total troll yeah. on social media about you. He hits and, pretty hard, usually. Yeah, about, yeah. 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 Anyway, that guy, that Mike, he... He's come to the Lord, man. No. Like, he, he's getting baptised next week. I don't really... I wasn't even part of the journey, to be honest. But, he, you know, we've been praying for him and something's been going on. God's been working in his life. And after 10 years, one longer for him, um, yeah, he's, he's following the Lord Jesus. That's and, crazy. Yeah, so that, that's... You know, it's been a long time. Um, obviously, I don't know what happens from here, but it's been a joy. Like, that's been a real positive thing of recent time. And so... I mean, like, yeah. I'm so, I feel super encouraged by, like, being a part of that journey with you, right? Like, faithfulness of 10 years of praying for this guy. Well, sometimes we weren't that hopeful. Were I know, <laughs> but, like, still, like, being faithful and God has answered prayer. I'm just, like, I'm, I'm blown away. Like, that's yeah. Mike. Yeah, we step, God does the work. And so that's, that's where it's at for me. Yeah. And I think similar for you, man. Just keep stepping. God's faithful. Mm. Um, don't always see it in what's going on. Yeah. We might not know. We might not know until we get to be with him. Yeah, true. But keep stepping, mate. I should head back. I know. But We're running out of time, so flick me your prayer points and I'll, I'll run through them this week. Okay. Good on you, mate. <laughs> anyway, get back to work. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. Quick wardrobe change. Like perhaps something about that scene uh, resonates with your life. In some ways, we, we walk faithfully. It might not be anything particular to that. But walk through something in life where it's trying, it's challenging. You want to, like your faith is tested. It's pulled out. It is grinded. Um, but yet you've remained faithful. Or, you know, the call is to remain faithful. And there is such beauty in when we meet together. When we gather with the Lord's people, we remember what God has done, what he's promised, what he's going to continue to do, even if we don't see it in the circumstance and in the moment. And that's what goes on here in this little picture. In this little picture of chapter 3, 16 through to 18. 
You've got to remember these people, God has said there's a faithful remnant. There's a group of people that have been uh, faithful. But these ones are in the exact same circumstance of every other Israelite for the last three chapters. Their world is not, the Israelite world isn't going that great. They're still oppressed. The Persians are on top of them. In their world, so many people of Malachi's day are walking away or they're half-hearted. But there is a group of people. There is a group of people who are remaining faithful uh, to the Lord. In verse 16, it said, There was those who feared the Lord. They talked with each other, and the Lord has listened. And then they're waiting on a day. In this moment, they're waiting. In this moment, they haven't seen God's hand. They are remembering. They're remembering the things that God has done. They're remembering his promises. They're coming and they're chatting together about it. And there is such beauty. There is such immense joy and the way that we persevere when we gather with others of God's people. And then God to these ones gives his promise afresh. In verse 17 to 18, he says that these faithful ones will be God's treasured possession. He will spare them. And in the end, God will be shown to be just in verse 18. There will be a distinction between those who are righteous, those who follow God, and those who don't. And so what this passage calls us to, what the whole book of Malachi in many ways calls us to, is to be faithful to God in every area of life and despite the circumstances. Be faithful to God despite what you think is going on, what we can just see in our moment of time. It may not be good, it may not be pretty, as what's going on in the Israelite time. But if you remember back to the sermon two weeks ago, we were looking at covenants and what it was saying and what I highlighted was that faith, forgetfulness leads to unfaithfulness. That forgetfulness can lead to unfaithfulness and here we see the opposite of that. We see that remembering leads to faithfulness. As these people, they gather together, as they're with one another, as they remember God and his word, his gospel, they persevere. So friends, continue in what we're doing. In some sense, this is like a a resonation. Keep going, friends. Keep meeting together. Fear the Lord. Gather with one another. It is one of the most important things that we do as the people of God for us to persevere. Yes, God holds us. But he says, you be united with me and united with each other, and we do it together. Church is not about individual Christians. It's about Christians gathering together, united with God, uh, united with one another. And whether that is on a Sunday, on a home group, uh, throughout the week, it's in the cafes, it's in the lunch table, it's over the text messages, it's over the prayers that the other one doesn't hear, over the prayers that they do hear. In all the different ways, we walk together with one another, pointing one another to God. And in that way, we can be faithful and persevere. And as this passage calls us to overall, It calls us to move from having dispute with God or the things that distract us from him, the things that pull us away, and to move towards being devoted to him. And we can be devoted to him because he is first devoted to us. He is first devoted to us, and we see that primarily in the Lord Jesus. And he came and said, come. This world has been corrupted because of our sin, but I've come in Jesus to redeem it. Come be part of my family. I've wiped your sin clean. I've given you a new identity. Can be part of my story in the world. And that becomes who we are. Not because of our own effort, but because what God has done, and then we're invited to walk faithfully into that. So friends, let God's word encourage you to walk faithfully, to turn from dispute with the Lord, to turn to devotion. 
throw your fears, throw your anxieties, throw your distractions and attractions of the world onto the Lord's feet. Devote to him with your time, your treasures and your talents. And we will trust him with our whole heart and we do it together. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you that it can resonate with so many seasons of our life. And Father, I pray that through your spirit, you implant the things and you push on the things that we as a church and individuals need to hear. May you get all the glory from the things that we do. May we experience great joy as we give, whether it is our time, our treasures or our talents. Help us to see that the things of this world pale in comparison to you. Transform our hearts. And may others come to know the hope, the beauty, the forgiveness and the life from now into eternity that only comes through Jesus. We ask this in his name. Amen. We may once have doubted the truths of the word, but now we know that because of him we can move from disputes to devotion to him. We can return to him. Christ is the cornerstone and we will build our faith in him because of his love for us. Let us stand and worship together in response to God's word tonight. <laughs> 